Hello and welcome to the Secret Chord Sessions podcast series. This is the first of our uh, podcast series that we're doing and basically we're going to interview some of the artists that we have on the Secret Chord Sessions. The Secret Chord Sessions is a creative initiative by Sanctuary First, the intention of providing new music and artists a platform to share their songs and their stories. Every week we record and release a new song by different artists. Uh, some may be well known and some may have just been starting out into their musical journey, but they will all have a story to tell and it will always be through words and song. And this week, joining us in the podcast this week is uh, Ian Paget with his song Simon Says, which is our featured song and artist at the moment. Hello, Ian. How are you doing? Hey, very well, thank you. Very well. And so, how, I t- it's a fabulous uh, song. This Simon Says one. So we had it running from last week, and uh, we're now into the second week of it being on the, on on the page. But you actually had a, a another song on the page originally, which was oh, the gift. Yes, the gift. Yes. Yeah, so start by tell, telling us a wee bit about that one, the gift. Yeah, well, the the gift was um, the gift was a song that I wrote many many years ago uh, for a friend's wedding. It was one of the the first times I'd ever been asked to sing at a wedding, and of course, that's a that's a great honour. Anytime you get to do that, anytime you're participating in someone's wedding, is absolutely lovely and wonderful. And so they had asked if we would uh, do some worship songs at the wedding, and. In addition to that, I thought, you know what, I, 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 want, I want to write a song about, about marriage, about getting married. And uh, so that was the song that came out. So over the years, it's, it has been tweaked quite significantly uh, and, and changed. And uh, I was able to um, share it with other, other songwriters. And they were like, OK, why don't you do this? Why don't you do, you do that? And uh, that, I think, is a very, very useful thing. So over, the, over time, I, hopefully, you know, like, uh, like a nice wine, it would would hopefully mature and become a better song <laughs> you know but I've, i enjoyed doing it from the very first time it's actually quite quite close to exactly how i i, I had written it initially oh good um, so it's not changed it's not evolved too much then over time no no not too much just just some just some wise words over over the over the piece with some other songwriters who were like yeah why don't you just drop that word you don't really need that you're you're trying to say too much and you know it, it being uh songs being uh, poetic in nature you know they don't need to follow the full structure of you know the english language so sometimes we add words that we don't need um and and it just don't need to be there and if, in fact simon says is, is actually one one similar to that as as well that uh, someone someone commented to me earlier um that the on on the actual um secret code sessions that i'd added a word to the original the original song they're like you don't need that word and i was like Oh yeah, no, I don't. You're right. You're right. You're right. Less is more. That's it. Less is more. Uh, but you know, yeah. that's the sort of balance with, I suppose, any form of writing is figuring out the most efficient way that you can tell something while still keeping the sort of poetry to it. You know, you, you want enough in there to be able to keep it beautiful and keep it moving, but too much and it becomes sort of convoluted and a wee bit lost. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not prose. It, it's it's something different from that. It's it's this mixture of music and words that that paint pictures and that 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 stir up emotions and, and feelings and remind you of things in your mind you know so it's it's dealing in the imaginative realm and when we get to that realm um it's not always about how, how you know having perfect prose it's it's more about effectively creating those pictures effectively sparking the imagination or sparking feelings so yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, so the, the song itself uh, simon says is a it's it's an interesting one because the title simon says you don't get quite get this part until this sort of breakdown. It's a curious song because it's got this sort of middle bit, which is different to the rest of the song. So if you haven't listened to the song, if you're listening in now and you've not listened to Simon Says, then what have you been doing for the last week? So go have a listen to it now. But we'll maybe play the beginning uh, the beginning bar uh, just so that folk can hear it um, and sort of introduce them to the song. 
a wee excerpt from Simon Says and as you'll tell by listening to it it's kind of gentle and soft and it's got this nice sort of guitar rift and the the words they're quite sort of poetic they tell this sort of story about you know about there's weather kind of and storms it feels kind of elemental and talking about the world's best friend so unravel a little bit of that for us Ian tell us, tell us where, where your sort of inspirations for this song came from mm, yeah well I need to I need to obviously start off by uh, giving giving all uh all of all the glory to uh, my, my my late friend uh, Dr. Kevin McPhee. He we were in a band together, and uh, so and Kevin brought he brought the 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 basis of this song to the band and said, "Look, I've got a song, and uh, let's work on it together. Let's get you know." And he actually had the chord structure and everything pretty much organised. The the only thing which we we really added as a band to it was uh, actually the the Simon Says section. Uh, he had the title Simon Says, but we didn't have any section to it. So actually, didn't mention Simon Says at all within within the actual song. And so we then we started playing with it, and uh, obviously in one of our one of our rehearsal sessions, uh, we started doing this kind of very heavy section uh, where we started uh, yeah playing really quite heavily, and that's where we added the Simon Says part, and it became uh, almost like an electronic drum music sort of section. Um, so so that's that's where that's where that part actually flowed from and uh we we, we kept it started using it but it helped to make sense to the rest of the song obviously with the title so <laughs> i think it was a good addition i think it was a great addition oh for sure uh, but so you're saying it was much more um layered and complex a sort of because this is a very kind of stripped back uh, version in the cook well like most of the kind of chord session song they're normally done just with a little bit of instrumentation and then a sort of paired back version of the song but is this normally a much bigger sound of a song you know if you've got a full band kind of performing this uh yeah and the, the, the recording that we made did have uh did have the full band engaged with it but we actually had it was it was to keep that acoustic feel um all essentially all the way through the song and then all of a sudden into this strange driving you know as i said electronic drum kind of kind of sound uh for the simon says bit um and then and then naturally just bounced back to the chorus as a little a little finish again back acoustically um and i think it was a contrast we were looking for at the time we were just like no let's let's do something that creates that contrast that uh, disjunction musically that says you know that says and, and musically says this is not all well this is not a lullaby this is this is me wrestling with something this is me struggling with something and so there's an angst in the middle of it you know there is a sort of gentle there's a broodingness to the sort of first part but once it gets to that bit it's fully kind of you know quite angsty as you say it's it's a very different sort of it sets it apart from the rest of the song but it's sort of 
because the the message up to that point you could get lulled into a sense of false sense of security where you think the song's going and then it goes no hang on a minute here <laughs> yeah and i think that's always the fun part to any songwriting uh and, and as i said that's we, we developed that as a band together and um we developed we kind of learned how to write songs together we experimented with songs and we're like nah that doesn't work that does work and uh, we we had um, very very wide influences uh, as a band um but but when we came to songwriting it was it was recognizing that you know what it's a, a bit of songwriting is always mysterious so sometimes it just works you know and, and other things you need to play with and you can craft something very 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 neatly but at the end of the day is it working you know, and so for that song, when we added that section, it worked. The disjuncture worked. The angst worked. The the, the words worked. Everything worked. And uh, it was one of one of the band's favourite songs. Like every member of the band's like, I like that. So I still love that song. Still enjoy it. And uh, well, that's it. If it's fun to play and they, they all enjoy the message of it, then that's even if nobody else likes it, that's enough. <laughs> well, that's it. it. That's out. absolutely right. Sometimes it's just about you enjoying a song because well, at the end of the day, someone's going to enjoy it if you're enjoying it. And, and I think it's a, a great indicator if you're not enjoying a song, most most uh, most artists will just stop doing a song when they don't like it because they know if, if, if I'm not enjoying it, then it's not going to come out well. And are people really enjoying it if I'm not enjoying it? Well, that's that's it, yeah. I mean, but I think the, your, your enjoyment of the song uh, comes through in it. So I think I think it is noticeable, you know, that it's because you can. There's a lot of heart in it, even the way you prefer, even in this sort of stripped back version. It's quite there's a lot of heart in the way you perform it. So um, I think it does come through. But hey, it's 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 meant to be fun, isn't it? Music, you know, it's not, it's if it's too much yeah. like a day job, then exactly. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be different. It's meant to take us to places that we aren't without the music. So yeah. Well, just listen to a wee touch of that um, breakdown part and just to let folk uh, hear it and then you can maybe tell us a little bit more behind some of the messages behind that. I need your direction Simon says But that's no good for me Simon says but I need more Simon says I'm hurting, can't you see? Simon says But I need more than Simon oh, I need more than Simon I need more than Simon So quite a quite a interesting sort of arrangement. But what is this Simon? What who is Simon and what is he saying? Why is Simon saying this? I, I, it's a fascinating message. But that part, tell, explain that. Explain that for us. <laughs> well, it just depends how old you are. If you're, if you're if you're old enough, you know exactly what Simon says is all about. Um, which is uh, it's a game that we used to play uh, at school, and then. Um, uh, then it came out as an actual, an actual physical electronic game later on in the 80s. And uh, so, you know, Simon, Simon says, do this, you do it. Simon says, do that, you don't do it. Um, and that, that was the trick. If you, if, you, if you did the thing that he said, do that, then you, you were out. And then it went, worked down to one person. And the electronic game was just about, it was a copying game. It's a copying game. It's about uh, doing, doing what you've already been shown to do. Uh, and I think that was what was at the heart of, of the song is this wrestling with, 
um, what what you're kind of programmed to do because you see everyone else doing, or even your family have taught you to do, or or school has taught you to do, or your friends have taught you to do. As sometimes even even church has taught you to do. We get into a mode of just doing certain things, and um, the 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 breakdown part is this this bit of angst that says, look, I need more than just doing what I've been shown to do. I need more than just doing uh, what everyone else is doing. Uh, I, I need I need more because. I can feel that this is not right, that this is not the way it should be, that this is not the fullness of, of me experiencing life and all its fullness. I need more, you know? Yeah. And uh, as a band, we, we toured around uh, for about 10 years in, in Scotland, mostly in Scotland, some, sometimes in England as well. Um, and that was, that was our, our message was, was about reconnecting with God. Our message was about uh, finding again who you were and who you were made to be and uh, you, you know, recognizing that 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 life is is, is broken, uh, and we experience the brokenness of it to varying degrees. Some people extreme versions of that, but in the midst of that, there's a God who's like, no, you weren't made for that, and there's something better, there's something more. Uh, and so that was a singular message that I guess passed through all of all of our music and, and whatever songs we we you know we, we used at the time, um, yeah. whatever ones we wrote, and uh, and so it's it at the heart of this one as well. I think it's very strong. I think it's a very strong message. And I think that the, the preceding part where you're talking about having guidance um, from God and him sort of being your sort of best friend in a way that kind of can tell you what to do. But then there's this other bit where you say, you've got to sort of think for yourself a wee bit too. You know, you've, by, you know, Simon says, you know, do this, do that. And that's not maybe our relationship with God is. He's not saying, go do this, go do that, go do this. And we don't, and not other people that speak on behalf of, you know, organizations or groups that say, go do this and go do that. You can't do this. You have to do this. And it's nice that you kind of, that the message is, you know, you've got to just kind of make your own decisions, find your own path in a way, you know, with help. But I, I think it's very true. And I don't think that that's uh, at all inconsistent with the actual, the actual Christian faith. You know, when no. you look at the, the Bible, what, what we find are essentially the testimonies, the stories of people's people living and some people ended up doing strange and unusual things and we're never supposed to copy that uh, other people other people are doing very very uh, good things and of course we look at the good and we think well we'd like to copy that we'd like to copy that success story but you know samson was a great success but he was also terrible with women um you know you know we, we got other people who uh, moses led led the people of led the children of Israel out of out of egypt what he murdered an Egyptian. It's been 40 years walking around in circles. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like that wasn't even good leadership, was it? I mean, what, you know, what, what, what do you take away from that? And I think what we take away from it is that we're all supposed to live our own lives and that God does have a plan for us and does have a purpose for us. But part of that is exploring it and finding it out. Part of it is just walking with God. I, I like what it says in Micah chapter six, verse eight, where it says um, that God has shown us what is good and it's to act justly, you know, to do what's right, to love mercy, to, to give people a break, you know, and to walk humbly with God. And, and, and if you do those three things, you know, that's, that's how that, you, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, you're on a good path there if you can take those three off, that's for sure. Exactly. How did you come, because um, obviously faith is quite a big part of your music. I mean, I would like to think that you can listen to a lot of your songs, especially The Gift and this one, um, without necessarily previously having any faith or and, and still find some beauty in the music 
because there's quite strong songs on their own without take or leave the message as you like and it is just a message of life after all you know it doesn't it doesn't need to be about god if that's not your thing you know um but it's there uh, so how how did your relationship with music and faith come about or which one which one was the chicken and which one's the egg you know <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Um, the I started uh, my first experience of music was in 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 the church. Uh, was actually probably yeah a mixture between church and not in church. My parents were involved in a lot of uh, youth groups, and so I spent a lot of time listening to people singing in groups of about maybe a dozen to 20 with a couple of acoustic guitars and they they were singing you know some songs that i can still remember uh that, that had come over from from uh the usa or had been written in the uk in the 70s and it was it was really just flow, flowing out to the hippie 60s where you were still getting a guitar out and you know and singing these these songwriting kind of folky songs um and so that that was that was probably my first induction into that church was a whole other realm where you sang hymns and then in the evening the choir would come out and that was always a, a source of great i was like oh the choir that's unusual you know it feels a bit special when there's a choir doesn't it even though it's a kind of older fact that a lot of the kind of modern churches don't necessarily all have choirs now but it i don't know there is something quite still quite special about a whole choir of people singing a song it's quite quite touching oh there is it's powerful and uh over over the last um over the last five years, I had the opportunity, oh, sorry, the last 10 years, I've had the opportunity to work, uh, to work with choirs as, as a singer and songwriter. And as I started working with, with the choirs, I would realize just how powerful um, and, and what the dynamic that they brought was different from anything else. In fact, fact the, the, the most powerful dynamic I've experienced with regards to a choir was actually in a prison. I was over. I was over. I was in prison, and I was doing the Christmas service. Not uh, locked up in prison, I assume. Well, you are locked during that time, but I was allowed out at the end of the night, which is very good. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I was I was I was doing the Christmas service for, uh, for a prison service, and they they the, the prisoners had a choir. And so during during that, we were just doing Christmas carols and just doing the best we can and spending time together uh, in, in, in that service. But we had facing us the choir that were then going to come up and perform three or four songs. And they did come up and perform those songs and they did really, really well. But the most impacting thing for me was to stand only maybe 10 foot away from a choir and experience the power of them belting out, you know, singing their, singing their lungs out. Um, these, these Christmas carols that we were supposed to be leading them in, they were almost leading us in. Uh, and the power, of, the power of their voice, the dynamic that comes, you know, even if singers aren't brilliant singers, but when they come together, the power and, and the efficacy of that, the dynamic was just so, I'll never forget it. It was, it was an amazing experience. And we spent the whole evening just commenting about it and telling the choir how brilliant they were and what a difference it made. Um, and, and for me and the guys who did that, you know, that, that will never leave us. That was a, a very, very unique experience. And, and I think it speaks to the power, right? Even, even the, the exact situation, there were guys who locked up. Those are guys who incarcerated, yeah, and probably some of them for quite serious crimes. Yes, exactly, and yet they were still able to use the power of their their voice to uh, to 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 change the dynamic, to change the atmosphere, you know. And it's it's one of the reasons why uh, I'm I'm quite downhearted about this current situation uh, with the coronavirus and the restrictions on singing, because for me, singing is a life changing dynamic, an atmosphere changing dynamic. Yeah. 
a personal changing dynamic, you know, and I can still remember as a teenager uh, singing the hymns in, in, in church and my, um, my, my, my teeth vibrating. And so when I finished singing, I could still feel the whole of my jaw and my teeth just vibrating because of the sound that was, that I was, that was making and my teeth were growing at that point, obviously. But um, I thought, wow, this is just, it's powerful. It's so powerful. Yeah. That's the, that's the wonderful thing I find about music. And I, I originally studied um, film and television. It's all kind of, and there was, a, there was a sound part of it. And don't get me wrong, I, I'll go on about how powerful images are and how they can move you and all the rest of it. But you can't deny the yes. one truth that images you only really perceive through your eyes. They come into your you know, cortex and into your head and they form their opinion and that's very powerful. But sound literally travels through the air and touches you because it vibrates. It vibrates the air around you and it touches you. It's like someone coming out and giving you a big hug. And if it's a full yeah. choir of people, you've got all of those people's voices, not only touching themselves, but touching you too. And I imagine it was, it sounds like it was a really powerful experience for you, but it was probably a really powerful experience for those prisoners too. Um, some of them who maybe have, would have thought, oh, I can't sing. But as you say, when they come together in one choir, it becomes one voice and then it sort of balances it out a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. And that being part of that cacophony, I think, is just a wonderful experience. In fact, that was the, the first place that I started singing. I started singing in church uh, in, in a children's choir and then moved on to the adult choir for a few years when we had a, a wonderful, uh, wonderful choir leader. Um, and that, that blessed me so much, you know, and I was just like, this is, this is a great thing to do. I love doing this. You know? Well, that's it. That's it. If I mean, if you really have a passion for something, which you know, why not? Why not um, try and spread that? And I think, um, especially when it comes to faith, music must be one of the most powerful ways uh, to reach people um, and and to find something ourselves. Because uh, it's all well and good reading the stories in the book and uh, telling them out loud, but uh, when you put it into song, that's when it can really it sort of transcends what's simply written down become something more definitely 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 yeah. i mean i spent I mean, we've done the last five years uh taking taking our music uh onto the streets in scotland mostly in scotland um and i've just been so impressed to see the number of people who who would just stop and give and, and, and you know they're shopping but they'll give 20 minutes 20 minutes well, i mean some people were there for the whole time it was the longest we've done maybe two hours but i've seen people take just the whole 20 minutes just to stop just to listen and just to allow the music to affect them because it had already caught them on the way, the way past, yeah. you know, it had already taken hold of them and it apprehended them. I've noticed children are especially susceptible to this because they're never really shopping. They're just out. Right. So um, they, they, they just, they just stop. They just drag their parents to a dead stop when singing is going on. Well, that's it. You can't not hear it. You can close your eyes, but you can't close your ears. You can't not hear it. It's there. It comes in whether you like it or not. You know, <laughs> That's right. And it's so, it's just so powerful from the viewpoint of you, as you said, you, you just, you can't just bat it off. You know, no. it is, it is there. Um, and I remember one woman who was actually complaining once we were singing uh, and she, she wasn't too happy about it, but she actually, she actually came and she said, look, she said, I, she said, I can hear you and, 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 and I'm in my house and, and the sound is coming right in the windows and into my ears. And I'm like, that's how it works. That's the design. Um, <laughs> But, but we, and we realized that actually her house was actually the opposite direction from the way we were facing. 
and we thought how how did how is this affect you know how did this manage to affect her so much but she was just sensitive to it she realized and she could she could feel the 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 music she could sense what was what was happening in, in the music and that we were praising god and she she was like this is affecting me she's like i can't avoid this i can't avoid i can't change this and i was like wow it's just so powerful yeah, well, evidently, maybe she maybe she needed a bit of music that day. Maybe that was you know she needed she needed some song to kind of lift her up. <laughs> uh, you're you're quite involved with uh, children in multiple ways through music and in faith and just generally sort of it's part of your life being a teacher. Uh, would you care to tell us a little bit about that part of your life that is a little bit musically related, but perhaps also not so much too? Hmm. Well, absolutely. Yeah, it's. Uh... My parents, I think I have to give give uh, give them the the responsibility for for the involvement of children in my life. Um, so it's all 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 growing up, all the way through my my growing years. Uh, my parents were involved with teenagers and with children uh, through through church based work of teaching teaching the Bible. And so from yeah from the year dot, there there were there were clubs in my house every week. And that would involve, you know, a dozen children or a dozen teenagers. And they would just, they, and of course, they would just be children. They'd just be teenagers. So I was like, wow, this is, this is great. This is, this is so much fun. Uh, and as the years, the years went on, when I turned 16, I spent the summer over in Ireland and uh, worked in summer camps over there for, for eight weeks. And during that time, I just developed a great, great love myself for uh also uh sharing sharing uh, singing with the children uh doing doing quizzes teaching them bible all, all those all those things uh and uh, th that became something that i've continued to do you know like I, I think probably almost every single year except for this year because we were on lockdown this year uh, um, of course, yeah. so, so so yeah it's something that I've, I've done for 30 years um and uh teaching wasn't something that i initially thought would was that was a continuation of that but it's turned out to be something that's 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 a continual joy for me as well it's a joy for me to walk into school and to engage with uh, young people uh, and i continue to to just cherish it as a a, a very uh, a very beautiful way of en of engaging with a generation that's still come coming up and i guess like some of our earlier conversation part part of part of our job as a teacher or, or as adults is to show them the way but it's not fully that it's about finding the way for them yeah they've got to kind of they've got help guiding them to find their own path yeah yeah uh, and that is different as every generation comes up there's a different need in there that the, the individuals within that generation and the generation as a whole need to navigate that path i i could not have imagined you know 20 years ago when i, when I started teaching that um i, I we would have teaching over over zoom or over google classroom or you know or any any sort of any sort of internet-based things because the internet just was not a thing it was just, just just well it's all it's all changed doesn't it and and i mean some of it was sort of happening a little bit before but now it's had to change now it's this they've had to make those steps and had to go digital and uh, do you think that's a good thing do you think children are responding well to that to the online sort of digital platform of teaching or i mean what's your experience being with that uh, the, the online digital teaching has been difficult uh, during during this lockdown time because they've not been in the way of receiving instruction in that form. So they've been used to yeah. it. When I, when I go to school, that's what I'm doing. Very much like a job. I go to my job. 
and that's what I do. So removing that has been difficult, and and I appreciate for some people it's been it's been very difficult uh, to do that in their jobs as they've, they've been furloughed or or whatever. Well, of course, I suppose it's the same situation for the adults working from home. They don't have their structure of their day job anymore. They've got to sort of toe their own line. <laughs> Exactly. The, the difference, difference being with the children is that, you know, in school you get this wide, uh, you know, kind of smorgasbord of different activities, even when you've made your choices in, 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 in third, fourth and fifth year and stuff like that, you still have quite a wide range of activities that you engage in at school. But when you get home, some of those things are not available to you. Like, you know, what do you do with your PE lessons? How, how do you course, suddenly yeah. do an art lesson? Or what happens, even, even someone who's taking music, for instance, how do they progress in music when all of a sudden all the technology is just not there? Yeah, because they can't, they can't, the sort of hands-on and engaging forms of teaching can only go so far, I suppose, at the moment with uh, the digital sort of platforms that we have available to yeah. us. And we'll find ways to we will find ways to to make it work and the the way of the way we teach and the way that children learn will change it's just yeah. good it has it has begun to change and it, and it will change and the you know the school budgets will will focus on different things uh to facilitate that in the years to come i think we've taken a step forwards um, and, you know, the, the people of the older generation are never going to regard it as forwards, but it just is, and that's what it is, and you just got to accept it. Um, but of course, each generation says, "Oh, uh, we our generation had it the best," you know. So that's why I say that's not because old is not an old is old isn't bad. It's just, you know, the new are going to embrace the new, and the old are going to be like, "Nah, but it worked. It already worked. Why are you playing with it?" You know. Um, but old stuff's coming back. Old stuff always comes back, especially older styles of music. They come right back and get refreshed and uh, brought again. And older sort of uh, social sort of things are, 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 are will, will come back into fold because there can't be always forward momentum. Where do we go if it's always forward? There's got to be a little bit of reflection. Not everything in the past is bad. <laughs> No, no, I mean, not at all. I mean, it's like fashion. You know, fashion goes about a thirty-year cycle. Uh, you know, oh, exactly. You can, yeah, you can only do so much with clothes. I mean, except for, well, there, there were some there were some things that should never be redone. But <laughs> padded shoulders in the eighties being one of them. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, <laughs> shell suits. You know, shell suits. They should never be repeated either. Um, but but essentially, you know, it's like you, you hold on to these things because it's going to come around like a good set of clothes. You hold on to your clothes, it'll come around, and all of a sudden you'll be wearing something vintage and very fashionable, you know? Well, maybe that's a good place for us to sort of wind things down. Well, thank you for joining us, Ian, this week. And uh, will you be maybe having a wee song for us at some point further down the line as part of the court sessions? Uh, that would be quite exciting. But you've also got a, a great song, a couple of songs out at the moment that you've produced separately um, with some artists. Uh, the, you had a f fantastic song um, that we played in last week's uh, Live Jam Friday. You can watch that online and listen to the replay. You can also find the song separately on Sanctuary First in music. And uh, you've got a, a choir that, that you put together with children um, that you had um, uh, with the Blessing song as well. Uh, and is that, a, where, is that available on YouTube or on your Facebook somewhere? Yeah, it's available, it's available on YouTube uh, and it's also available on the Raise, Raise the Praise uh, Facebook page and uh, Release, the, Release the Fire Ministries uh, Facebook page. We, we'd, we had, we've been working with this church, which is actually a church spread throughout the whole of the UK. Um, and all the young people in it, we realized that they just needed some 
uh, encouragement during the time and just some momentum to right. do something to to make something to 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 produce something and so when i heard the blessing song i thought you know these children are great singers let's just encourage them and say let, you know do you want to do this and they did they responded and you know it, it turned out to be quite a you know quite a big thing to do i've never tried to edit anything like that or make anything like that happen before um so for the first time we're dealing with like 64 audio tracks instead of like 20 or something uh, and, and of course the video tracks and how it all syncs together and all those things massive learning curve and lots of mistakes but I was just it's such great joy as, as it began to come together um, that, that I could see that, that, that there, was a, there was a power in this, even this virtual choir sort of idea. There was a great power in it and a great momentum to it. And I know that each of the children have been like, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. I love that. You know, and, and it gave them such a boost. You could see their joy in singing it in the video. They, they were really enjoying it. And even though, they, I suppose, did you have the audio played back so that they could hear if they were singing in time or did they just sing each individual role themselves? Well, actually, it referred, referred them to uh, a track, but some of them used it and some of them didn't. Um, so, so that made for quite interesting engagement as well. I was trying to, there were some people who had to slow down real so quick. Some people had to speed up. They were too slow. Um, and, of course, that changes their voice slightly. So, my, you know, I tried to keep it as authentic as possible and just grab uh, the best part of their vocal because everyone's only on for, you know, maybe two lines. Or of course, of course. But it does. It definitely makes for joyful listening and joyful watching. Uh, and I, I imagine their joy in seeing it all to come together and the finished article was uh, probably quite special as well. It was great. It was absolutely great. And that sort of uh, brings us back to where we're talking about requires and uh, music in general and how it can really uplift people and bring people together. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been fabulous having a wee chat with you about some of your music, your inspirations, your songs, and what you could plan in the future. And uh, we hope to. Uh, hear more songs from you uh, at some point down the line so uh, thank you Ian very much great stuff thank you so much for having me on you can find us on uh, the secret chord sessions under sanctuary first under music or you can type in directly www.sanctuaryfirst.org.uk forward slash secret chord sessions and you can find Ian's songs both uh, the gift and Simon says available to download and watch there as well thank you very much until next time tomorrow in may rain